Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening and we're just tickling your oracles. This is Cop On Podcast. My name is Owen. I'm delighted to be joined by by Nigel and by Jack from Jack Mac LFC. Absolutely wonderful to have you with us, guys. Uh, just uh, to kick off, just one stanza from a poem called A Dream by Edgar Allan Poe goes goes like this. That holy dream, that holy dream, while all the world were chiding, hath cheered me as a lovely beam, a lonely spirit guiding. And in these weird and dark times where the environment is, you know, degrading rapidly and everybody's on edge and there's war and famine and death and horrid, horrid things in the world, this Liverpool team keeps giving us hope. They keep being that lovely beam, a lonely spirit guiding as we rock and roll towards, you know, a potential quadruple. It's absolute madness. Uh, Nigel, um, we said a couple of weeks ago that, you know, well, I said that the, 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 the chances of actually winning a quadruple were about 5%. And then I went up to about 8%. Now I'm on about... 10.5%. I'm getting more and more optimistic, slowly but surely. How are you feeling about our actual chances of bringing home all four? Um, I don't actually like talking about it alone until if we get it done, then I'll talk about it. There's no point in going on about it until we do it, because then people will be saying, oh, no, 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 you didn't do it and stuff like that. Why were you talking about it all the time? So I'll just stay quiet on it. It, I mean, is it, so, I mean, okay, because you don't want people to sort of clip your words and use them against you in the future. I mean, it's not well, a superstition thing. Um, yeah, possibly, maybe a little bit of that as well. But just, it, it just don't give people any ammunition. If we do it, we do it. Oh, I've already you know. written songs about us doing all <laughs> four. But uh, there you go. I mean, you can, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but, you know, bring on your internationale, bring on your Roma by the score. Um, you know, who the heck are you trying to kid? Because Liverpool are going to win all four. I remember singing that maybe about three months ago. So, yes, there's plenty of ammunition against me. I don't mind. Use it, clip it, do whatever you want. What if I'm right? I don't know. I'm delighted that the Spider's here from Spider LFC as well. Welcome to Cop On. Absolute delight to have you with us. Oh, yeah, lads. What, what chance? Oh, very yeah. well, thank you. Very well. What, what percentage chance do you think we've got of, of winning the quadruple, Spider? Well, because because of where we are, um, uh, position wise against the opponents that we have coming up in you know Villarreal, uh, we're bypassed Man City. We've already beaten Chelsea in a final of the season. Um, they have lost the last two in a row, and we have a fair bit of squad who is now playing itself back into form. I think. Um, I think we have a fantastic chance. Like I, I'm, I, I'm at an eighty-five percent. To be honest with you, I think there's that fifteen percent of just of just uh, of capitulating. You know, of of uh, of just making our own errors. But um, outside of that, I I can't see us not getting to a final. And I, I'd like to see us get Real Madrid. If we get that, we'll be well up for that. And um, uh, Man City will be a different kind of aspect. But I think they're on a decline. At the I don't care what team they put out the other day. I think that they're just feeling it in their legs. Because Pep is not making changes. He's scared to make changes when he plays against, you know, teams that he needs to beat. He's just, oh, if I change this, I might, I might, I might mess it up. And he over-peps it. So, for me, I think, <laughs> we're at 80, yeah, I think we're at an 85% chance of winning the quad, to be honest with you. And that's I think a, that's a very, very high. I'm just putting it is. on, on yeah. the screen there that, uh, you know, we've got, you know, just for everybody listening as well, I'll yeah. read them out. We've got we've got Man United, Everton, Villarreal, Newcastle, Villarreal, Tottenham, uh, Villa, uh, Chelsea in the cup final, Southampton, Wolves, and 
the uh, Champions League final against Manchester United. No, uh, that's a, a club friendly that's already been <laughs> being done. Uh, but no, and then possibly the Champions League final, possibly at this stage. But there's no break between those games. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven matches between now and the end of the season. And you're 85% sure, yeah. Spider, that we're just going to either win or draw all of those games and get through everything I'm, and I, win everything. I, I love that. I'm, I am adding 20% of my own hope into that, to be honest with you. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's but, great. But it is. Okay. I, 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 just, I just feel like that we can't lose to any of these teams unless we capitulate ourselves. So, um, for me, it's it's definitely, like, I think we'll take, if we, we go against, we, we, we destroy the Manx at home tomorrow night, I think there's not much test ahead for us, um, besides Spurs, maybe. Everybody else is not really fighting for anything, and Klopp tends to put out a weak inside against Everton all the time and get the points. You know, he's he used to start Devakari, Jordan Shakiri, all of these kind of teams, and especially an Everton fighting for relegation. If you put a, a strong Liverpool side out against that at home, this is what I'm thinking: Spurs, Everton, and United are at home. All the rest are away. And not really much of an issue, I think, from our point of view. Um, maybe Villa, but I don't. You know, would would Gerard being safe at that stage? Would would they be already on the beach? You know, um, Southampton. They're kind of they they've just kind of coasted along, really, hasn't it? So um, yeah, I don't know. Wolves okay. at home. Uh, no, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, okay, we'll all see. right, okay, but okay. This yeah. this week will tell a lot. This week will tell a lot. Yes, absolutely. Although, arguably, Manchester United and home at home, excuse me, and Everton at home are the easiest matches we've got left. Jack, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's. What do you reckon, Jack? I mean, it, it, having an overview of those those last eleven games. I mean, what what chance would you give us? It's mad that we're even talking about this. <laughs> That's it, true. It's it, it, it's. Which is, we're just so blessed. We were saying just before we come on live, didn't we, mate? It's, it's special moments, special times. And for me, as much as when we do all our shows, it's it's difficult as fans, isn't it? To, to It's it's all right for us to, to look ahead. Uh, we're allowed to do that. But I think Jürgen in recent weeks, um, he's been the ultimate professional. He himself, he, he's saying the right stuff in the... In the in the presser and all the players they do they're like us they watch if City are playing they'll watch them hoping and was, remember when we when we did win the league the lads were within a hotel uh, somewhere in Cheshire or Liverpool um, <laughs> and then we went on that run when they were all bevied for a good couple of weeks um, <laughs> so it was yeah I, I, I'm, I'd, I'd agree with Spider and I agree with Nigel as well both both great points and yours, Owen. But for me, personally, I just look at one game at a time. I know it's the boring thing to say, but I think that the first game in front of you is just the most important and we've got to deal with the first game in hand and that's Manchester United, regardless of whatever form they could be in, the bad, the ugly, the good. <laughs> Not that they've been good at all, but it, we just got to shut up shop every single game and... And even if we are to get potential injuries, deal with them there and then. Um, but we've got every possibility to make history. Um, but we've, we've just got to focus one game and one trophy at a time. And if the history is written in the next couple of weeks and the unthinkable does happen, then we will be talking about this. This will be in Liverpool's folklore for so many years to come. So blessed times, mate. And, yeah, I, I, and obviously we'll speak about the City game. And uh, I think that game, I know it was the FA Cup and hindsight is a wonderful thing after the game. They, they, them dismissing it like, oh, it's the FA Cup. Like we have in the past when we get knocked out of like the third or fourth round. Or, but I'm hoping, as Spider said, Pep didn't change much, did he? Uh, he could have, and he had confidence in his presser. He said, I've got confidence in the team to, to do the business, but Kevin De Bruyne has had stitches on his foot. There's a lot of injuries as well. And this notion of City have played their B team. <laughs> it's the most expensive B team we've all seen in our lifetime. But yeah, bring them on, mate. Bring, bring United on tomorrow and hopefully we can bloody smash them. 
Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, we, we. I mean, I can't believe we've got a game tomorrow against Manchester United. I'm still surfing those waves of uh, joy from uh, the other day in the FA Cup semi-final. It was only what two days ago. I got Lord, time is going very quickly. The the games are coming thick and fast. Um, Nigel uh, Jack saying there, he takes. He's like the he's like the players. He's like Jurgen. He's like the staff. He takes every game as it comes. Um, we're going to talk about United in a minute, but the the city. Um, I mean, I've got some amazing uh, stats, actually, about the United match, so hang on for that. But uh, no, the City match, the semi-final, um, it was about time that we did them. I think Pep was winless, sorry, Jürgen was winless against Pep for five games before that, in which, you know, we'd, we'd actually conceded four twice. And, uh, you know, we had drawn three of them and, and uh, you know, it was about time we gave them a spanking. It could have been bigger, the spanking, um, you know, could have been, you know, with a with a with a bigger, heavier bat. Uh, but in but in the end, it was just, you know, uh, um, turned out to be uh, just enough of a spanking. Uh, what did you make of the performance? What, what are the you know, there are many positives, but what are the first positive things that come to mind when you think about all the positives from the semifinal? Uh, positives, best player in the field, Thiago, absolutely unbelievable. Pure world class, um, incredible. Sadio Mane looked uh, like the Sadio Mane we know we, we've seen before. Um, just an absolute pest up front and then comes out with a great finish as well. The other positive, we beat a cheap referee. It was a disgraceful performance. Fernandinho should have been sent off in the first half. He's going around kicking lumps out of people for fun every single game. Um, he went straight through Thiago. It, like, it was, like if you can call it, a yellow card and a half. You know, they're on about trialling this orange card, like in the Gaelic football and hurling here in Ireland, where you go off for 10 minutes, and then after the 10 minutes, you can replace the player. I think that needs to happen, because he's going around kicking lumps out of our players. He does it every game and gets away with it. He seems to have a free reign on being able to, to kick people. You know, 80, weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 92 or 93 minutes gets booked after 400 fouls, just kicking lumps out of people for the whole game. Gets away with, has got away with it for years. It, it, Paul Scholes was the same, wasn't he? I mean, it, it, he used to do a red card tackle sort of once every three games, but a clear red card tackle. I mean, absolutely awful challenge. And yeah. uh, never, you know, maybe he got booked for it. I don't know. It's weird. Like refs, no. it, it, Fernandinho's got sort of an innocent face and he's like, oh, it's a foul, is it? And, and the refs, you know, like, oh, yeah, sorry. I've got to give that one, yeah, probably a bit of a foul there. And, yeah, as you say, disgraceful. The, the one on, yeah. on Luis Diaz alone was, was it yeah. was, you know... Fernandinho got booked. Yeah, I think Fernandinho mm -hmm. got booked in the 56th minute. For, 56, uh, he went, yeah. yeah, he went through on Naby Keita, I think it was. Well, he yeah, but he had three the in the first half. It was the third one. Just... It was the third one he'd done. Well, I thought he, it was he, the fourth, but yeah. Okay. It could have been. He hit Thiago yeah. in the back. Then he hit Diaz. Was the, Diaz clipped the ball over the defender. I was running down the line. And he just came across and yeah. went straight through him. And then <laughs> that one, yeah, not. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, but later we, we we can talk about the you know how poor the referee. And I think it's right to mention it. But you mentioned some some real positives before. You mentioned Tiago, absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's a dream. It's a dream watching him. The stats from. I mean, he had the best passing accuracy in the team, apart from Bobby Firmino, who had 100%, but I think he only had about three passes. Uh, but uh, Thiago had a 90.2 passing accuracy, which is when, when you consider that he's under pressure all the time, um, is, is amazing. I mean, that's one thing that, uh, you know, Fernandinho et al. Uh, were supposed to avoid was Thiago... Um, uh, running the show, but he, he definitely ran the show. Um, that pass, I mean, there, there are some videos going around of him chesting the ball down and playing that pass, that curling, uh, you know, swanky little pass, uh, big pass even, out to Mo Salah on the wing. Um, moments like that. Do you remember any other particular moments that you loved about Thiago, or was it just everything, Nigel? Was it just absolutely the, everything about the the pass, the, the little the little bit of uh, interplay between three or four players for our third goal? Trent's mm. long ball cross field to Diaz. Diaz's touch took it in. Little ball back to Robbo. Robbo plays it back. It goes in then and, and over to Trent. And there's a lovely little. Um, if you look at watch, if you watch Thiago when he looks up, he always seems to have to have time. Nobody else would be able to have, just have a little time, a little bit of time. He took two touches. First touch, knock it to Trent. Second touch, that clip across to Mane for the for the volley goal. It was just brilliant. It, it was just fantastic. Just he seems to give himself so much time on a ball or have so much time on a ball when nobody else, you know, everyone else is flying in and trying to take. 
get touches away. It just doesn't matter where it goes. Always seems to have the, the vision, like a, like a third eye or something to when he just sees everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Defensively as well, he was great. Um, Spider, what did you, what did you think of uh, of Tiago or uh, or Sadio Mane? Or you could talk about any other positive. You can talk about whatever you want from that match. Well, with the, with the performance of both of those guys, I have a tissue full inside in the bathroom. It was so sexy, but like the uh, <laughs> so like the Tiago's as as I as I said to you last year over the last couple of days. Because we had the midfield of uh, Fabinho and Keita, it allowed Thiago to be Thiago in the middle of that park. Now, regardless of that, Thiago can be Thiago in the middle of that park, but he wouldn't have had as much space with the way the lads were closing down. He wouldn't have had, you know, so for me, he was like... he was like a swan or a gazelle that was just trapping the ball, moving where he wanted to, and then releasing it into spaces you didn't even think were possible. You know, so it, it, that's that's how good and uh, of a mindset he has when it comes to trying to play the ball forward. He's never looking for the pass to go back, which is what I love about him. It's always either a cross um, to move on the player or straight forward. Always, like you're talking 90% of the time, he's looking to play that ball forward. You know, um, he'll only lay it off if he has to, if Fabinho's open, and that's about it uh, because of how we play and I counter press, but yeah, fantastic. Sadio Mane looked like he was back to himself, really. You know, um, even when the position he was playing, uh, it you know he was. It's kind of a show to do Jata and Bobby get into the side now with Diaz playing on that left, Mane playing through the centre, and Salah playing out the right. It's tough because you used to think right Diaz is going to come in and he's going to give Salah or yeah Mane a run for his money, but instead. Mane has upped his game tenfold and he's played absolutely outstanding since since Diaz came in. And he's he's undroppable, really. Um, and it, it looks like that uh, Diogo and um, Bobby are going to be the backups um, in this kind of form. You know, Diogo is going to come in against, you know, against teams like Southampton. He's going to come in against probably Everton. He, he might start tomorrow night against United because he, he played very well against them the last day. If you've carried him starting again, you know, I wouldn't be... You know, I, I wouldn't be too pushed about that. You might get a Bobby starting. Bobby hasn't started in a couple of weeks. He's fit. He's ready to go. He might start. It's it's hard to pick this team, but what you know, what a headache to have for Jurgen Klopp to to have this you know kind of headache. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's so. really really glorious. What yeah. what would you do, Spiner? Let's say for example, it's the it's the Champions League final, and you know Jurgen and 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 Pep uh, Linders have, have taken ill, so they they've got only got one recourse, and that's to call Spider to pick the team for the Champions <laughs> League final. So everybody's fit. Who would you pick uh, up front? Oh, up front. It, 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 Jack is going to know what I say here because of the the intensity of the game. I would probably go with Mane, Bobby, and Salah because they know what they're doing from day one. They, they, that their stats speak for themselves in big games, and um, and then I would have the option of a Jota or Diaz to come on and tear apart, hopefully Real Madrid at that stage in um <laughs> in, in, in you know early on sixty minutes something like that just make a change up. If Bobby's getting tired or somebody's getting tired, you know Bobby is that pl- player that controls that part um in front of their backline. You know he gets into those spaces that most other people don't see, and he's the one that he's the anchor for releasing Manny and Salah to do what they do best. Whereas other players don't, they kind of go into position and Manny and Salah have to work a lot harder to get to to get the to get shots on goal or, or whatever like that because you know Bobby's so unselfish. So do you play that player? He's he's an extra midfielder for me. He's like the top of a diamond without being without playing a diamond, and. Um, yeah, that's, he's, he's fantastic. So yeah. I would always start him just to control the game. Once we control it, yeah. then later on you can look to change it. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I love and I love Bobby. Nigel, you got you want to come in here? Yeah, I just say I uh, hope they don't call me because I'm picking myself. <laughs> well, yeah, you might get a goal playing with those geniuses anyway. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Get a hat trick. Just goal hang. And, uh, you know, get three, get a dirt count hat trick. Excellent. Um, but the thing with Sadio Mane, I mean, when you compare him to, to Bobby Firmino, um, Jack, I mean, they're very, very different players, of course. But what what's really impressed me, despite the amazing stat I saw from Sam Maguire on Twitter, that um, Sadio Mane has actually scored eight goals since coming back from the Afcon, um, is he's playing with he's playing with such great confidence, Sadio Mane. But his his passing accuracy now is something we could talk about often on cop on but passing accuracy when you're in the front three is very hard to get above sort of you know anything above 
you know, 73%, let's say, is really good for an attacker because you're trying to make things happen all the time. You're surrounded by defenders all the time. It's really, really hard to get above that. But yesterday, Sadio Mane had 87% passing accuracy um, from 23 passes. And you compare that to Mo Salah, 21 passes, 71.4% passing accuracy. And Luis Diaz, 23 passes and 78 0.3% passing accuracy. So Sadio Mane, despite being there, despite being surrounded by such, you know, like so many people, he was wonderful at staying calm, running back towards our goal if he needed to and just laying it off to the guy next to him. But it's such an important thing to do when you're playing in that position because to lose the ball, suddenly City are springing you on the counter with their pacey players. And it's uh, it was it, it was absolutely magnificent. So, yeah, what do you think about the whole, you know, Sadio at nine specifically compared to Bobby or, or, or Diogo? Yeah, no, it, it's so integral. There's the stats you've mentioned, alluded to there, Miss. Uh, we've watched Diogo the last couple of weeks, and I think he himself he'll, he'll openly admit it. It, it. He's been a bit loose with his with his passing, really. Um, he's not that type of player. He's more of a predator. We all know that. In between the six-yard box, he is probably one of Liverpool's best finishers within the squad. Him, him, even Port Divocadigi and Salah. I know Salah hasn't scored for a while, but even still, he had a he still had a good game. Um, I think once he gets that, does get that goal. But yeah, Mane, he offers you so much. I think a lot of us and uh, pre Diaz coming in when he when we knew we were getting them, everyone was writing off Sadio Mane and and especially on social media. I've got Sadio on my back in my shares. I, I still thought coming into the season I felt he still he still got so much to offer this football club I know he's like 30 odd but even still people right especially this new generation of fan now they think oh when a player that's 30 uh, they, they stop playing good but we I've watched obviously I am Robin the Ribbities of this world two very good wingers go into their latter stages of like 33 34 especially at Bayern Munich side and really compete at the highest levels even in Champions League final so Sadio Mane Salah as well even if we are to give these two contracts they're still going to be performing at the elite level required of Liverpool Football Club um because even if say they both did lose a bit of pace they've still got that technical ability to really threaten teams and and Liverpool could transition their game into a certain philosophy in a couple of years that very much does evolve around them um, but we've got the beauty of integrating the Jotters, the Diaz's at this moment in time. We've got them. We've got like the next generation post Salah and, and Mane in about five, six years' time, which is great. But I love Sadio Mane, mate. And that was the most important factor. We the, when, as, when we are gag and pressing, whatever you want to call it, um, we're pressing in the right areas. But it's so integral when we do get the ball and when Mane, we all see it. As he said, there with the stats, it's the ball stuck to him like glue, and, and that's something that I'm not being critical of Jota, but I don't know how you felt. But I just wish Jota he'll develop that. It's he will get better over time, but I think that's one aspect of his game that I can see him improving. And when he does that, then he's going to get even better. But Sadio Mane, if you're whoever you're playing, <laughs> the Red City Real Madrid in the Champions League final, or any team that we come up against, even United tomorrow. It's frightening. The fact that you have Mane coming in behind Diaz out wide, terrorising their right back or whoever. And then you've got Mo Salah preoccupying about three, four players within the team himself. So Mane's got that space and it's exciting times, mate. And I'm hoping everyone's talking about Mohamed Salah getting this new deal. I'm hoping Sergio Mane does get that contract. Because I tell you, if Liverpool do the unthinkable, as we were speaking at the top of the show, it's you never know what awards he could get, but yeah, I'm so made up for Sadio. He, he's just that smile, the Sadio smile. Uh, it's back. It is back. It is back. And yeah, I'll be dancing in the streets. I'll be dancing like uh, Mick Jagger and 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 who was it who did dancing? David Bowie with their sort of pink '80s jackets. I'm going to get what that on. I'm going to be dancing in the street. I'm going to bring an extra jacket out with me. See if I can convince the the, the local baker to join me. Dancing in the street if Mane signs that contract. You never know your luck. 
Um, but the so Sadio Mane, two goals uh, yesterday. And the other guy who got the goal was Ibu. Big Ibu. Man. Oh, 22. He's going to turn 23 in May. So, you know, it's the last time really we can say that he's only 22 because he is turning 23 but even for someone who's who's 23 his his talent is monstrous and the 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 you know what people are saying about this game could could have dramatically changed had it not been for Allison because Ibu was really at fault for Gabriel Jesus's um by giving the ball away for Gabriel Jesus's chance on on 72 minutes but all the positives of of Ibu um the way that he's turned into a goal machine much like Fabinho did at the start of the year it's just it's just again positive isn't it Nigel I mean you know big Ibu what are your thoughts on the our towering monstrous brilliant wonderful center back still learning Young guy, come in. I'm sure he wasn't expecting to get the amount of games in, in different competitions that he's got. Um, like, he's still learning. He's, he's, he needs needs games to learn. Like, remember, we had Matip there before before Virgil arrived. And people were saying, oh, get rid of him. He's no good. He's too injury prone. He can't play that many games. And even when he was, even when he was, when Virgil was there and he was improving, people were saying, he's injury prone, get rid of him. Look at him this year. He's been fantastic. So, it's it's a it's a constant process. You just go on with these lads and you watch them grow. This guy's twenty two. You know, he's the, the sky's the limit for him. He could be anything. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, they just need to stick with him. You know, he he prone to a little error here and there, but there isn't everybody. Um, he's been great the last three games. Like he seems to have, we seem to have found an option for him to to attack balls in the box. The in-swinging corner, the out-swinging corner from the left footer, and he just attacks the space and just knocks people out of his way. That seems to be coming, really becoming a weapon, and people can. Um, yeah, I think maybe my uh, my connection went for a bit there, but uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean. He can be anything he wants, you know. When he when he gets older, I mean, he he's got uh, three goals now. I'm just having a look. Uh, see, see, eight appearances in the Premier League, five in the FA Cup, um, four appearances in the EFL Cup, and uh, in the Champions League, also five appearances, three goals, um, and he's looking like. Uh, I mean, he's he's dreamy for someone so young. Uh, he's. I mean, imagine you're an attacker. You see big Virgil, and next to him, someone who's equally big. Like that's that's just something that's gonna it's gonna mess with your head before a ball is kicked but and quick uh, and so quick so quick on the break so when we because we play the such a high line you know the recovery pace is 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 a huge weapon but yeah he's gonna have to work on as you say he's got a lot to learn the defensive line you know positioning certain little things like that with that will come with time that will come with time what Jack was saying before about Diogo Jota learning how to keep the ball. Yeah, he can improve, but uh, to get from like the sort of fifty-five percent passing accuracy to 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 eighty-seven will be a hell will take a hell of a long time. I mean, he'll need to work on that for a very long time. Um, but Spider, yeah, the um, I don't know. The the goals were great. I mean, there's something about the the, the first goal. Did you notice Virgil? Um, he pushed Jack Grealish, who fell backwards onto Gabriel Jesus, and that allowed. Ibu so much time. Did you notice that? I mean, I, I, yeah, I spot most of the stuff that goes on inside the box when you see lads that step across other lads to try and block what's going on. You know, I mean, if you want any shit hosiery inside the box, just look at Fernandinho what he does to keep us when he's staying in the box. So if anybody wants to complain about what other players do when they're being physical with inside the box without physically grabbing them with their hands, then you know, look at Fernandinho because for me, he's one of the dirtiest players in the game. But he goes, he's like a silent assassin where he goes, he's very polite to the referees. He's very this and that but when he turns around he talks to the players he's supposed to be like a proper shit house so yeah so like that's when i think he's super dirty but he does it so quietly that it only gets noticed by the fans and the referees just think oh he's a polite fella you know so and that's about it but like they don't watch i don't think they watch back the games to be honest with you for fear of seeing their own mistakes but um <laughs> but yeah, for me, as uh, even going on what Nigel says, Ibu's very young. He's a great player. He's got a lot to learn. What you're going to find is little mistakes and naivety rather than than uh, presence and skill because I think he's been fantastic next to Virgil. I think he he's learning from the best in the world there. And what I noticed as well with Virgil is that his pace looked completely back against City. He When fellas had the run in him, he caught back up with him where he, he did look like he was using his stride more since he came back from his injury. He's been, he looked like he had a bit of pace with his stride 
tried the other day as well. So it looks like that that injury is really starting to heal up, and he's coming into that pace uh, at the right time. At the most, you know, probably at the point where you hit your peak fitness, but you also start to hit your peak tiredness. But he's he's getting at the right time. So uh, for me, the the black line looks great. Matip for me has been our best defender all season. Um, even more Burge, you know, it, 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 as much as I, I want to say it, Virgil's been outstanding since he came back. Like, what, what, a, what a recovery from an injury that he had. But Matip has been the best defender for me. But Ibu has been fantastic since he comes, since he's come in. Uh, the person who's probably seen the, the least luck out of it is Gomez, who's probably our fastest defender, and uh, across the park, but uh, also was one of Virgil's best partners in in recent years. But uh, as I said to Jack before, um, he's just been he's been hit with not with um, niggling injuries, but bad injuries that keeps him out for a while. But he does it, they don't reoccur if you get me. So you know, he's had broken foot and and torn, and he's been injured by other players like Ben Mee and Raheem Sterling more than he's had his own injuries. You know, so he's definitely not. Um, He's definitely not. Uh, what do they call it? A bloody uh, a sick note because he's he doesn't get injured like that. He people take him out or or something happens to him. That's like a harsh injury keeps him out for a while and then he's back. But still, fantastic defender. I wouldn't want him to leave. I would want to keep the four defenders that we have because they know how, how Liverpool Football Club play. And I would rather ease Joe in again next year in the in the cup competitions and then give him a chance to play on because. You know, Virgil's coming up. To, Matip is, is obviously the next one that's going to leave in three in three years' time or something like that, unless injury takes him out. You know, he could have a brilliant season this season and all of a sudden he could be terrible with a hit with injury for the next two seasons. And then you're looking at maybe, yeah, Gomez is going to come up into his position and take over. And Gomez needs to look at that before he moves on. He needs to say, give Liverpool another season and see, you know, what way it goes from there. I wouldn't move on in the summer if I was him. I would say, all right, look at Matip's injury history. Look at what's going on there. And then hopefully my position is in there to rotate between Verge and Ebo because he can play either side. He can play a right uh, centre back or left centre back, no problem. And um, and he knows the game well. But you know, other than that, um, I just had to dwell on that because I mean, Ebo has been fantastic for us. What a boy he's been. You know, just as good as Diaz coming in when he needs to be. And uh, yeah, that's for me. Is yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, very, yeah. very well said. Yeah, very well said yeah. indeed. Um, I mean, we could talk about um. Another defender from yesterday, uh, Trent, because Trent was brilliant. He actually had the most tackles in the team, four. Uh, and for someone who's supposed to be dodgy defensively, I mean, I didn't see him get skinned as much as I saw Cancelo get, get skinned. And nobody, no one seems to mention that, you know, in terms of one-on-one -on -one defending. But anyway, we're, we're not going to talk about Trent because there's just one more person. We've, we've got so much to talk about. One more individual I would like to talk about. I mean, the team performance was, was magnificent, especially in the first half. But a big um, facilitator of how how good we were um, was the guy who who another guy another midfielder who helped us dominate and that was Naby Keita of course Jack um, Naby lad there's so much that's wonderful about his game um, what are some of the things that you like most is yeah I made up with me about Naby because I've been to you yesterday in our post match. It was he, 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 this is the RB Leipzig player that Jürgen Klopp wanted desperately. Um, I mean, he was third or fourth most expensive Liverpool player in our history, and we all want a fifth iron in Naby Keita because he can do what he what he done at, at the weekend. Anyway, it was he's tremendous. His ability to keep hold of the ball under such such pressure. Um, We've got no one other apart from mostly Thiago in our team that can in the midfield areas that can he's calm under the press. And one thing that Liverpool, when we watched Liverpool yet, he had a couple of days well last week, was we were so wasteful in, in terms of possession-wise. Um Henderson, he's a million miles where in terms of technical ability to, when you compare him with uh, Naby and Thiago. All three, two of them are completely different to Henderson. Henderson's good at doing what Henderson can do. He sometimes he tries to do too much. We we all love Henderson, I do. But Naby, we need to start. And for me personally, if we were playing Champions League, well, when we're playing Villarreal, Naby needs to start. And if we're playing tomorrow, we need to start with Naby Keita in all the league games because, um, especially against a team that don't tend to United, you won't try and press us. They'll be just so lackadaisical really in terms of their press but Naby like we've seen at Old Trafford a couple of months ago 
that was pre the weekend's game. That was Naby's most ideal game and one game that he could very much pin up and say, right, that's the Naby performance that we want. Good in the press, good in defending as well, the aspects of tracking back, being in the right place at the right time. But his technical ability in the final third of the pitch, the, the combination play between him and Thiago was absolutely phenomenal. And the big if is if he stays fit, then I think we've got a real good chance of winning a lot of trophies. But yes, yeah, his passing under pressure and his technical ability, and he's he has, as we've seen at the beginning of the season, he's got an eye for goal as well. So long may I continue, mate. Navi Navila Navilad. Um and he seems to have been bulked up a bit. I think obviously in terms of the medical department for Liverpool, I think there was there's a lot of money gone in towards in terms of keeping players fit. Obviously Matip, Nabi. And obviously, it's certain other players behind closed doors. So the research and which and the money in which Liverpool are putting in in terms of the medical departments and the recovery time, all these players, it's paying off by the looks of it. It is full credit to Andreas Kornmeyer and um, you know uh, the medical department. We also got a, a dietitian, um, well Mona Mona Nemo, of course, but there there, there is another one from uh, Bayern that we snaffled. Um, and uh, yeah, the, I mean he's you know the 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 transformation of Goretzka from, you know, scrawny kid into, you know, uh, He-Man, basically. Um, I think I think Naby Keita's uh, getting there as well. He looks really strong. He's definitely been, been uh, you know, eating the right avocados and uh, working out in the gym. This is excellent stuff. Um, but, yeah, OK, just, just quickly about the FA Cup, and then we'll go on to Man United then. Um, just very quickly, I don't know, Nigel, Chelsea's in the final now. Um, did you see their game yesterday? I mean, do, do you think, like I do, that they're getting a bit worse, and all of this uh, off the field stuff is having a real effect on their on their confidence, on their morale, and you know they're tired and things like that? And uh, or am I, you know, just being too optimistic? And Chelsea with Tommy Ball are going to be very tough in the final. What do you reckon? Yeah, they're going to be tough. Um, I, I not buying this. This I, I, it shouldn't really affect the players. All that stuff. Um, they are going to be a nightmare. They're going to be just biting away again and that that boring thing. Uh, they've got some good players. Havertz is a wonderful player. I really like Havertz. He's a young guy. Um, I think our midfield should be able to handle that. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to be able to try and handle Kante. I think if they can handle Kante, we'll win easily. You've got to... Uh, Kante is their... I, as far as I'm concerned, Kante is their best player. They've got to stop Kante kind of getting in our faces. Uh, Fabinho's going to have to put a real protection on Thiago. Spider said it earlier on. The three, these three seem to work really well together. When you were talking about Naby, there, the, 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 these three seem to work best together. But they've got to do kind of gel together and stop the middle of Chelsea's midfield, releasing Mount, who he seems to be trying to turn into a striker, and he doesn't look a striker. He really doesn't. Not for me, anyway. Um, if our midfield can control the game, I, I think we made some of the substitutions we made yesterday. I think didn't really suit um, the system we were trying to play in the end. Taken off. Uh, like putting on Henderson and then still trying to play the same way. I like Henderson. I really love him. He's brilliant. But playing him in the same system as we were playing starting off doesn't work. You've got to get him running. I think Hendo's fantastic. Great stuff, Spider. It's, 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 I, I love Hendo. He's great, but just not in that system. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah, when Henderson came on in the 72nd minute, um, he actually only had 57.1% passing accuracy. So he wasn't quite up with the, the tempo of the game. But uh, yeah, there you go. Um, what about you, Spider? Chelsea in the final. Are you, you know, are your knees knocking or is your mouth uh, watering in anticipation? I, I'm at the, the side of more mouth watering. And uh, like I, I can be as non-biased as I possibly can. But um, I've just seen Chelsea on a, a massive decline. Uh, me and Kev, the guy that does the podcast with me as well, we called it at the start of the year Chelsea were sitting on top of the league for a while and uh, we call it we said that Chelsea will drop off and they'll drop off to almost a gap of 10 points and we call it sitting on the podcast and we said that they, they just can't keep up that pace with City and Liverpool I said they're, they're the next best challengers to, to, to us but people are giving them it's like a false hope that they had that they would that they were saying no matter how good Tuchel is he didn't when we seen the Lukaku coming in it was like he's not going to do it for him 
it's going to be the same for him. We've seen it. We've seen him do it at West Brom. We've seen him doing it twice, once at Chelsea and again at United. He's not going to come back just because he played good in Italy and do that, you know. I mean, Salah went to Italy, played brilliant. We came back and we turned him into a world star player. But Chelsea's not a club to do that. They expect you to to do your job rather than to, to help you along. So it's just, um, you just don't see that. So for me, Havertz, yeah, he's a danger. But you have to look at Havertz like as if you're playing Mares really at City uh, and that kind of player that t- likes to drop back a small bit and hang around the edge of the box and then run in late. So you have to watch those kind of players. Um, and, I, and I think we, we can shepherd those pretty well. Like as you said as well earlier with the... Uh, Chelsea are not, not a threat for me, but as you said earlier when you said to him, Cancelo and, um, and Trent... I thought it was one of Trent's best defensive displays. The, the amount of interest, or the amount of times that he won the ball, um, you know, facing up an opponent is something that he never used to do. He used to step back, step back, step back, and let him take him on. Now it's they get to their second touch, and his foot is in there to, to win the ball back straight away. So I mean that that's stuff that, that's improvements that I've seen. As you said with age, Ibu, it'll happen with Ibu. It's happened with Trent. That that's one of Trent's best defensive displays that I've seen him uh, do in, in a Liverpool shirt um, against City. But with regards to Chelsea. Um, I, I think uh, Nigel is right there when it comes to Kante, but I, I think that I wouldn't be too worried about Kante if we're controlling the midfield because Kante is a person who likes to, if he's controlling the midfield on the front foot instead of deeper, he's a better player. So, um, I'd say, look, if we we have players like Naby and we have players like that, and regards Henderson, as you see, look, I'm wearing it, there's Captain Henderson right there on my shirt. I think, you know, I was one of his biggest, um, you know, uh, I, I questioned him at the start when he first came to Liverpool. I just thought maybe he wasn't good enough. He was, he was out in the wing at that stage. I didn't see him as a midfielder. I just saw him as a guy who kind of ran a bit weird. And on the, on the wing, and uh, and that was about it. But you know, Gerard took him under his ring, wing, and what a captain he's made him to take over from him. You know, so I've completely like put my own foot in my mouth and said, yeah, he's he's you know what a player he's been for us. But he looks a bit tired. Now he looks a bit worn, uh, a bit, and he looks like he he needs a good three months just to kind of sit back, relax, and do some light training, come back full on. Um, but he is, you know, he's in his thirties. He's, you know, he's he's pushing. That he's going to lose that pace, but his intensity, his mindset, and his um, his ability to to read that midfield is is unwavering. And um, he's 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 our best workhorse. You know, if we can take anything from Henderson and James Milner, it's their ability to not stop. And, you know, as good as all the rest of the lads are around them, these guys do not let up for a second. So this is why they're fantastic to have in any team. And I think, you know, um, Henderson more likely will start tomorrow against United because it's that type of game. Um, although you wouldn't, you might see, you know, Naby Keita started the last time. But when you look at the stats going forward, in a game that we've had Naby or Thiago start on the left-hand side of that midfield, we haven't lost the game. So, you know, one of those two are guaranteed to start against City tomorrow. And whether um, whether Hendo comes into that fray or he, he persists with, with Keita, Thiago and Fabinho, I don't know. Because there is an option to rest more against Everton the following week as much as a big game. It is Klopp doesn't see it as a big game anymore. He's, he started in recent years, it's all been uh, your Divacarees, your Shakiris, your Oxley Chamberlains, your Joneses you that have started against Everton. Do a job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, totally. yeah. Totally. But let's get on to it. Let's get on to talking about uh, about United. Let's get on to talking about the United preview. Um, we've had some nice uh, comments in the chat. Thanks to Andrew Quinn, who was here with us. He said he feels like we will beat United on Tuesday. And Alan, hello, Alan, in the chat, he said this will be United's cup final of the season. Um, which is a very good point because they're going to be really, really up for up for it. Um, in terms of their form, um, it's pretty shitty. But I think they've got they've got, had two wins in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. Um, they scraped past Norwich City, which uh, if you read. Uh, you know, um, any kind of media after, be it social media or whatever, meant that Cristiano Ronaldo is still the greatest player of all time, uh, which I'm not quite sure about because uh, it was only Norwich. Uh, but, um, you know, at the same time, we, we can't underestimate them because it's United. They will raise their game several levels. But it's not just... I think they need to go into another dimension in order to really compete with us. But we're going to be probably a little bit jaded after such an intense game uh, against City because it was intense. A um, couple of stats for you, Jack, before I bring you in to talk about United. Um, one of them 
is that Manchester United are winless in their last five away league games against Liverpool. So drawn three and lost two. So we've won two and, and drawn three. And they've but they've scored only one goal in the last five matches at Anfield. And the last time they had a longer run without an away league win against Liverpool was between September 1970 and December 1979 with the 70s Reds, where they they um, didn't win in nine matches. They they drew two and they lost seven against us. So at the moment, they, they've drawn three, lost two. I mean, um, you know, it, we're looking to complete the league double over Manchester United for the first time since 13-14. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, the last time we won, we won three in a row, uh, was uh, between 08 and 09, uh, September 08 and October 09. Um, given the tiredness factor, is that the only thing that can that can stop us, Jack? I mean, against United, because they'll be without McFred. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Jack? Yeah, you could bring back Prime Keane and Prime uh, Skulls. I did. It's still have no chance. Um, mm, I like <laughs> I'm excited, mate. I, I think we're so blessed to be in a position, as we said, top of the show from everyone. Um, they wound us up for so many years. This is their moment now. I think a lot of them are very much heavily in denial. Um, I don't think they understand how bad they are. And we're speaking from experience. Uh, we know but we had a long period of um, not where we are now. But it And this Ronaldo, the longer Ronaldo stays at Manchester United, the more worse it will be for... United, um, he's a big petulant child. It was absolutely disgusting what he did uh, at obviously at Goodison, um, but that doesn't surprise me of him. And the players, I think all of us, even it would be Man United that give Everton three points, wouldn't it? It, it was just obvious that it was going to be them. And it, I watched that game. I don't know why. Got up on a <laughs> weekend last couple of weeks ago and sat there and watched. It. I was like, these are two of the worst teams, and. I tell you, it could get, and I'm, I'm, I think all of us are hoping because we need our goal difference. You never know come what the end of the end of May if it comes down to that. But it could get embarrassing, and uh, it's not like an Old Trafford where you can escape at what 56, 70th minute. Uh, there was a mass exodus a couple of months ago at Old Trafford. Um, <laughs> it's either the protesting, buying shirts, or suing in the car park. <laughs> 40 odd year old men doing sue in the car park. It's quite embarrassing, <laughs> isn't it? Um, you, um, but yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm hoping it's an absolute embarrassment for them, mate, because we've had it for all those years. Um, but yeah, I, I think heavily rotation, as you mentioned there, mate, with the, with the fitness, our squad's good enough. We mentioned Divock and Iggy. I don't think any of us have had. Would have any qualms, even if Divock did play for me. I'd love to see Costas come in, um, give Andy a, a good rest, and then let him go for the Champions League game, and obviously the Everton game to come because we're Costas has got that quality, um, especially if he if he's going alongside obviously Delo, Hernandez, and Elganga on the right hand side. So Costas coming in, um, Hendo playing in the six. Um, Curtis Jones, we've got so many options, mate. But whoever we do play, that United team will not run us off the park, and that's great. It's, 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 I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I've, we'll talk about score predictions a bit later, but I'm gonna go big. And I'm hoping, no, you can go, go, go yeah. into it right now. What do you, what, what are you thinking? Another five, six, yeah. seven more Lowry paintings, another five, mate, because I think the Anfield wow. crowd will be better, yeah. Nigel will go over <laughs> six. Um, I, I, I just put yeah. six fingers up. I'll come to you in a moment, Nigel. About yeah, this. Wow. The crowd will be, it'll be like a gladiatorium, like it's Roman era. Like they will be buying for blood, and there's no better team to absolute batter at home than Manchester United. They'll be getting beamed all, all around the world. Uh, no protesting will stop this game <laughs> as much as he wants. Stop the bus, stop whatever. But, uh, not on will stop the uh, Jürgens to the tricky Reds. But yeah, wow. bring them on, mate. I can't I wait. love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the answer. I love the optimism. I'm not that optimistic. But then, I don't know. Um, Nigel, I mean, their last match against Norwich, right? What I've been doing for a long time when I look at lineups and opposition lineups is um, I see who's been marking, who's marking Salah. 
because Salah, you know, if if you've got someone rubbish up against Salah, then, you know, chip or captain him, do whatever you want in your fancy Premier League team because he, he'll just rip people apart. But but now these days, when I think about Diaz and when I think about Manny, um, you can look at all the whole back line and their back line against Norwich was Dallow, Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof and at left back, Tellis. Um, and that's like a pub team. That's, you know, the Rose and Crown, the Dog and Duck. In fact, the Dog and Duck wouldn't even sign, you know, some of those players, Harry Maguire probably. Um, you know, he'd be, he'd be a sub. Um, but, you know, in the midfield, you know, talk about holes in midfield. The midfield was Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard. Uh, more holes than, a, you know, a Swiss cheese, as they say. More holes than a colander. Uh, more holes than the plot of EastEnders. Um, Nigel, I mean, are you? I mean, you you had up six uh, six fingers or, or five fingers and a thumb to be, if you if you're going to be pedantic about it. Um, and it, uh, do you really think it's going to be six, or are you are you exaggerating for dramatic effect? Uh, I think it's more for dramatics. I think I'm going for an Oscar, but um, yeah, uh, I think I, I, on on the weary side of things. Um, remember when we were scoring four and five against them the last time, and then suddenly the kicks came out. Pogba got sent off. And the heavy artillery started coming out. Late tackles. Ronaldo should have been sent off for kicking the ball into Curtis Jones' midriff. He wouldn't have done it with anybody else. He wouldn't have done it with any of the senior players because they all came over after him anyway. But you've got to be wary of that as well. Are they going to go out and try and injure our players? That's what I'm worried about. I, I, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing some of the kind of lesser players. Sorry to say that now. They're not lesser players, but the, the squad players, sorry. Um, because if they're going to start that rubbish, like Everton did, that day when they injured Thiago and Alisson. Um, you've got to be very wary of that. We've got two big games coming up this week. We've got both of those guys who have deliberately gone out and tried to injure our players. Um, like Pogba's tackle on Naby. I hope Klopp says something disgrace. about it. It's a, it's a really oh. good point. Do, do you reckon Klopp should say something about it in the pre-match press conference? Absolutely. Just to, Absolutely. to make the refs aware of it and to, you know, to you know put the cameras on it you know because it's it's true they they with everton as well they're two very bitter teams who yeah. you know can't it can't handle their their own inferiority i think it's a really yeah, look good at, point look at the ref they've assigned though and look at the look at the ref and the var they've assigned we've got atkinson tomorrow night and we've got that clown of a tyranny on var again good for Lord, two the second game know. in a row so i mean uh, yeah they, that's that, that they're setting us up for a fall because Atkinson, the, well, Tierney, Tierney won't blow anything. Tierney won't go in, go in Atkinson's ear and say, oh, "I think that might be a that might be a red card." He won't do it. Yeah, he yeah. just will not do it. Yeah. Um, Atkinson might. I don't know. Listen, I was really worried the last day about that referee against uh, against City, but he actually had a good performance. But another Muppet was still on VAR. Tierney again, like two games in a row. Absolutely madness, so isn't it? That's 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 what's worrying me over those next two games. Yeah. Yeah, more Manchester refs, but there you go. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's something that can that can stop us. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, what else could actually realistically stop us? I mean, tiredness, the referee. Is there anything else? I mean, I'm just looking for reasons to be pessimistic here. I mean, you know, surely there are plenty more reasons to be. You know, think that it's going to be five, like Jack. I don't know. What, what do you reckon about all of it, Spider, or none of it, or go where it talk? I don't know. Talk, talk to us about United. I don't know. Um, I, I think as as big as an occasion as it is, you have to realize that United are a poor side, and Liverpool have to go in with the confidence to say that they're playing a poor team at home. Um, and you know, just to go for it. Uh, with regards to tiredness, I was worried about tiredness more in the last few weeks, the previous weeks, because we looked kind of tired and jaded since the since before, just before and after the international break. But I just think in the last couple of years, well, besides the three three with Benfica, where we thought we were already on the boat, um, you know, I I thought that we just looked fantastic in, in the first half on Sunday, and also I think we relaxed again in the second half uh, against City. But we looked. That was one of the best forty-five minutes that I've seen us fitness-wise in in a long while. Or sorry, I should say Saturday. And um, going into United, uh, you know, Diaz didn't look tired. Manny didn't look tired. Jota was resting until he came on. You know, Henderson was resting for the majority of that game. You have other lads that can come in there and, and play defence. Matip didn't play at all. You know, um, they're missing 
Luke Shaw. So all day long, you're going to put Salah out in that right. You know, I, I don't care. Like he needs to play himself back into form, and what a game to play himself back into form with. Then Manchester United. He got a hat trick against them the last time. Uh, Ronaldo should have definitely been sent off, as you alluded to earlier. Um, that was an instant red card for me, and I think the referee bottled it that day. Um, we all know the situation with Tierney and Klopp. They hate each other. Klopp says it himself. He's the only referee that he says he can talk to any other referee, but he can't talk to him. Um, and he's they've had it over each other. The decisions that that Tierney has made against Liverpool have been scandalous. You know, at at, at one point, you know, they're just like I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a guy that sees whatever's on paper, but some of this decision making was awful. You know, uh, it kind of brings back to I know it was John Moss that time on uh, on on the game against Spurs. What I lose is that time when we drew two all with Spurs, and we thought Salah got the last minute uh, goal at won the goal, uh, and you know they gave a penalty the other side when it was actually their own player that played it, and, and uh, he had yeah the dive and and Lovren hadn't played it at all, you know. So yeah, look, there's these kind of disgusting um, these kind of disgusting decisions that that happen when Tierney is. On the VR, but in saying that, when we when we when they did play against City, he wasn't used at all, you know. So if we can keep him out of the game as much as possible, and just not rely on having the decisions go our way and just play our football, we can play anybody off the park on our day. I don't think there's too many games that he's going to be involved in Liverpool for the rest of the season because he's kind of allocated all of these games uh, around like he's probably asked from himself. You know, around this time, I know they get randomly allocated, but sometimes, you know, they turn and say, give me this one, give me this one, you take that one. So he's asked for all of these in a bunch, thinking he could make a difference, and he hasn't. Like, at our worst point, we're still getting results. We're still driving forward with only one draw against City, um, being the only dip that we've had uh, this this side of the season. Um, and for me, if we're still playing poorly and, and getting results, within a point of City... I can see them dropping points before we drop points. Uh, like especially with the the home games that we have, United, Everton, Spurs, we can beat anybody at home. Um, it's just you know it's a matter of getting the results away. And so Hampton are in poor form, no matter what they did to Arsenal, it's Arsenal. Um, and you know Aston Villa are already on the boat. Like I said, there's 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 potential here for us to go a good four goals against City. I think if we hit them early, oh sorry against United, uh, if we if we hit them early. We'll destroy him if we we give him too much respect, and it goes on and goes on. You might we we'll, it might be a two nil or something like that, you know. Or they get one of these goals that we, if we give him too much respect, they get in. They they score one out of nothing, having no possession, no attack, no. That's what United tend to do to us in recent years. But uh, for me, I think look, we can easily score four against them if we play the right team, and you know, and and rest, and, and we can almost put a rest rest the team out for um for Everton and just you know give tomorrow night just to go. I'd be happy with that. Tactically, I think mm. tomorrow, um, that's a great answer. Thank you very much, Spider. But I, I think tactically, I just don't know what they can do, um, Jack, because they, they're either, you know, they're going to play on the counter attack, which means that they'll be sitting back. Presumably, that's what they're going to do because mm. to attack us and actually leave the spaces behind is, is, uh, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like, uh, what, what, what would, what could you say? It's like, um, Offering a you know a dead mouse to a cat and, and it's it's um, you know given a offering a, a squirrel a Ferrero Rocher if you prefer um, they're going to just devour they're going to get devoured um, but the uh, yeah I think tactically what is there is there a way they can set up because if they if they if they if they sit back Jack. Then we're gonna just pick them off because they don't have the defenders, right? I mean, is there any mm. tactical plan that would work for Manchester United? The only sense, really, and, and that's something that when we've watched Liverpool this over the last couple of seasons, I mean, boys, everyone in the chats, teams that give us a go and try and get at us with pace in behind, teams do get opportunities, but it's whether this United team firstly have got the bottle. And obviously, have they got the quality to do that? Um, and could the attitude be right? Because obviously, we know our lads will be 100%. It's Man United. They'll be up for it. Um, but even against Norwich, Norwich had their chances. I tell you, even if we have half of what the chances Norwich did have, we'll absolutely wipe the floor with them. It depends if, if they go a four, triple two. Um, it's, that's been their favoured position, uh, well, formation or even if they do play five at the back, but even if they do, 
when you've got Harry Maguire in your centre <laughs> in your team, you are liable to concede chances. Uh, I know we all joke, joke and laugh about it, and quite rightly so. He's an embarrassed, he's an embarrassing centre half. Um, anything's possible. Um, but from their point of view, you'd. I know Rashford's not been in the best form, but you'd you'd say play El Ganga, Ronaldo, or Sancho, and and, and Rashford up front, and just hope for a counter attack. But that's living in cloud cuckoo land. Obviously, they've got the ability on the pitch, but it's the attitude most importantly. It's one thing Liverpool have got right in recent years. Our attitude, regardless if we're playing Tramier in the cup, Man United, or even if we're playing on Mars, our lads' attitude is going to be 100% focused on the game. Um, and Ronaldo doesn't do much running. He's not a player. He hasn't been a player in the past to, to, to press your back line. Sancho, he's, he has one good game and then you know, social media team are waxing lyrical of him. So, um, yes and no, mate, regardless of what tactics they do, I think they will go five at the back <laughs> and they will try and just park the bus. Um, as I said, you're basically playing with one less centre-half, but we've had him Maguire, but they, I'm just looking at their midfield against Norwich. I know it's, they were playing against Norwich, but they had Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes and Lingard. There's no defensive midfielder there at all. Like, Pogba, <laughs> if they play that midfield three, if they go 4-3-3 against Liverpool, Christ, we're, we're talking high-scoring a high-scoring goal, because... And especially with no DM and with Maguire and uh, Parton and Lindelof, then it could get it would be David de Gea keeping the scoreline down, and that's even that's me being helpful, mate. But yeah, um, they could play an extra twenty players on the pitch, mate, and they'd still concede. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah. It's really interesting because the midfield battle. I mean, mm. I I don't see how they can win. I don't see how they can they can win it. But then maybe this is when when they're the most dangerous. I don't know. Um, one thing Spider mentioned before was was Mo Salah and Nigel. I'll come to you. Um, just about Mo, I mean, he's looked, for me, just, you know, like he needs a break. Um, I, I agree totally with what Spider was saying earlier. I would rest Salah against Everton, whether he liked it or not, which, of course, he won't like it. But just to, and try and convince him that, you know, we want that extra 0.1% of fitness for the Champions League uh, matches, you know, against Villarreal. Cause, and, and, you know, I'm not going to look forward to Paris and say that we're definitely going to Paris because we're not. Villarreal have beaten Bayern Munich, one of the greats of world football, over two legs. Uh, there's no way we should we should underestimate them. But um, anyway, going back to you know Mo Salah and Mo Salah specifically tomorrow, would you would you send him to the to a hammam for a nice chill out for a little while, or would you what 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 would you be doing? Uh, to get his to get get his form back, get that extra, you know, tiny little percentage fraction back, Nigel. Just say to him, Mo, you go be Mo. Do your best. If it comes, it comes. Simple as that. Um, let's just say on the good side, Mo scores two goals tomorrow night. You try telling me he's dropped against Everton. No way. It's Mo's Mo. Do you remember when he had the drought? He didn't score for eight games a few seasons ago. And we were playing against Sunderland, or Southampton, sorry, in the purple kit. And he got the ball on his own, on his own, on the halfway line. And, he, and I think Mane was running up alongside him. And he ran, 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 and unleashed this brilliant shot into the far corner. End of the drought, we won 3-1. You try and drop more if he scores tomorrow night. I think he will. Okay. Okay. Just roll him out. Nothing to worry about. There you yeah. go. Uh, excellent stuff. Well, uh, I mean, on on, on this, this optimism, I think we, we're going to actually... Um, wrap it up there. Uh, just uh, I'm going to ask you, um, Spider, as well. Um, tell us, tell everyone about your your YouTube channel, uh, please. Because I will, of course. Yeah, it's a uh, Spider LFC on YouTube. We also have a, another channel that's only fairly new called the Kitman, and that's where me and the other Kev do a lot of com. We're going to be doing a lot of comedy sketches, a lot of other sports, but we're mainly two Liverpool fans that you know we try to talk non biasedly as possible on there, but with banter. Um, uh, with regards to all kind of football stuff like that, you know, and I'm also a big gamer. That's where most of my followers are. Is a uh, Irish spider guy on Twitch, so everybody knows me from that. So yeah, fantastic, and thank you very much for being with us. And Spider, is there no anything problem. that we've we haven't talked about that you were itching to say that uh, you know? 
you would like to well, no, no, well, well not much really when, when it comes to like we, we've covered most of the base points i just I, I i've i just love the improvement that we've seen in trent defensively i love the the fact that ibu is stepping up when he's needed to step up um no problem in um in our games and um when he's when he's had to step in and deputize for matip you know um i've also i've got a little puppy here popping up to say hello to me and um but we've also had um you know, Naby Keita's resurgence within the team has been fantastic. Mane's stepped up into what he's uh, he's needed to be, uh, back again to where he's needed to be. And that's that's some of the most important things that I've seen. Diaz's introduction into the team has has just risen na- uh, San, uh, Sadio Mane back to the level that he's we know he can be, um, regardless of age. I mean, these guys are as fit as a fiddle. They're going to take dips. They've just had Afcon, you know. I think Sal, you know, I think the the the, the disappointment for Salah as in Afcon is what's caused most of his dip. Plus the you know the ongoing saga of his contract. So for me, um, these guys are integral going forward. Give them their contract and let them all you know uh, let them all fight for those positions up front. Get one more. I wouldn't mind a, Dar- a Darwin Nunes in there. You know, to, to replace a Divac Origi, you know, a nice tall fella that's good with his feet. And uh, that'd be um that'd be a nice lineup going forward for the next few years. But yeah, yeah, that's that's my two cents. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Jack, um, what about you? Firstly, to you know, tell everybody about your YouTube channel and um also anything that we may have missed that you would love to say. Uh, thank you very much again, Owen. Really do appreciate you asking me to come on and hopefully everyone uh, listening on the pods is having a good weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Great to speak to Nigel again as well and everyone in chat. But uh, just Jack Mack LFC and all socials, everyone. Appreciate appreciate it. Enjoyed this podcast. This wax always oh, waxing lyrical about our mighty Reds. Um positive times, Reds, and long just enjoy every second single second of it, mate. I think we've covered all bases today, Owen. I think we've Everyone smashed it, but uh, thank you once again, mate. Uh, just Jack Mack, LFC on all socials, and uh, hopefully speak to you soon. Splendid. I, I will put, uh, you know, links in the description if you're listening to the audio version of this as well. So uh, do do check it out. Um, excellent. And finally, Nigel, I mean, do you have anything in particular to plug, or is there anything that we've missed that we haven't talked about yet? No. No, not really. I think we've, yeah, I think the lad said everything. Um, we, we've got to every... Every point we wanted to get to, and uh, just hopefully keep winning. Simple as that. Keep winning. I mean, if we do, I mean, you know, these are unprecedented glory days, aren't they? And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a, uh, you know, an end to this season. It's been amazing. It's such, it's bringing us such joy. All of this, and uh, so thank you to Jurgen and the boys and everybody who works at Liverpool for bringing us all this joy. And thank you very much to my guests. And thank you, of course, to the listeners and everybody watching, because it, it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant that you're, you're, you support Cop On, Cop On Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, just, um, I don't know, let, uh, let the light shine on, I suppose. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, Tom Connolly has the final word. He said, man, you, we need to hold on tight to Harry Maguire because McDonald's have come in for him looking for a manager for their new Moss side drive through. So yes. Uh, I thought he was more of a whopper, he says, but. <laughs> ah, <very good. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right well take care everybody we'll we'll